Throughout the world and throughout time, All Saints Day has broad meaning. You might not know, but in the country of Spain, November 1st is a national holiday. Everybody gets the day off, and people are encouraged to go and visit the gravesides or the cemeteries of the places where their beloved ones lay and to decorate them and adorn them with flowers. In Egypt, Christians there celebrate the All Saints Day on the Sunday following Pentecost. Most of these Christians are Orthodox Christians, and so that means that this year they celebrated All Saints Sunday on June 11th. In Mexico, there is a two-day celebration. The entire country dedicates to remembering those who have died. On the first morning, you remember the children that have died. The next, you remember the family. And then the last part of the celebration is Dia de los Muertos. And this was depicted in the Disney film Coco that came out in 2017. And you see Coco here with his grandmother before what is called an ofrenda. An ofrenda just means an offering in Spanish. And, and it's this idea that you put before you all of the pictures of your ancestors and you bring them flowers and lights in hopes that on this one night that their spirit might come back and be celebrated and receive this offering that they are given. Have you ever noticed how the calaveras or the skulls that many people in Mexico will paint on their faces, that they always have a smile? It's, it's haunting to look at pictures of all of these people with these creepy smiles, but they're not smiling. And they do that for a purpose because they are saying to death, you did not win. So this past week, All Saints Day was on Wednesday, and Charlie and I found ourselves at a funeral from one of our friends from Atlanta who died. He was 44 years old, and he had married a woman who Charlie and I had been youth leaders for all throughout high school. Um, they have three young children, and he was the pastor at Highland Park Presbyterian Church. And in on, all honesty, we sat there, and it felt like death had won. Have you felt like that ever? And so if you came today needing something, hoping for answers or comfort or, or maybe a grounding, know that you are not alone. And, and you are not alone throughout time. So in the early church, all of the people that came to believe in Jesus, they had heard Jesus say things like this. I go to prepare a place for you. And don't you know, I will come back and I will take you to be with me. So all of these early Christians, they really thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. They, they believed it. There was a sense of urgency. You can read this as you read Paul's letters. It's like, it's going to be here any second. Just wait. Just hold on. And so then people were dying. In this particular church in Thessalonica, they were grieving. They didn't know how to grieve because in the Greco-Roman world, the way that you approached grief was very varied. But the predominant way that everybody believed in the Greco-Roman world is that people just died and they went to the land of the dead. They, they went to Hades, and that wasn't a bad place. It, it, it wasn't like a place where there was an evil being, but you just died. And so they don't know what to do, and they're left with their grief. And so our text today is from that fourth chapter. 
Paul is speaking to this church in Thessalonica, and this is what he says. He says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul tells us to grieve with hope. Grieve, grieve with, and grieve with hope. Grief is so normal, and don't let anybody tell you it needs to look a certain way because it's messy. And for everybody, it is its own living being, almost. C.S. Lewis, I don't know if you know this about him, but his wife, he married on her deathbed. And they actually were not in love. Joy was a friend of his who had moved over to England after her husband had divorced her to marry his cousin, leaving her with two young children. And so she sought refuge and moved from America over to England, and she became friends in the same group of friends as C.S. Lewis. And so at her bedside, she is dying of bone cancer. She receives word that she is not going to receive a renewal of her work visa. And so her options were to travel back to the States. And so out of the goodness of his heart, C.S. Lewis marries her and brings her home to die. But then miraculously, she lives three years. And so they fall in love, and he gets to have this marriage that he never expected. He was older than her. He gets to adopt these two sons. He, it was beyond, it ended up being beyond anything he could have asked or imagined. And then he had to live through the grief of really losing this woman that he loved. And he wrote this beautiful, tiny little book. I highly recommend it to any of you in the midst of your grief, and it's called A Grief Observed. And it's written in the weeks immediately following her death. And this is what he says. He says, tonight, all the hells of young grief have opened again. The mad words, the bitter resentment, the fluttering in the stomach, the nightmare unreality, the wallowed in tears. For in grief, nothing stays put. One keeps on emerging from a phase, but it always recurs. One keeps on round and round. Everything repeats. Am I going in circles or dare I hope I am on a spiral? But if a spiral, am I going up it or am I going down it? How often will it be? For always, how often will the vast emptiness astonish me? like a complete novelty, and make me say, I never realized my loss till this moment. The same left leg is cut off time after time. 
The first plunge of the knife into the flesh is felt again and again. Have you been there? Hear this, faith family. Each of us grieves in our own messy and unique and honest way. But two things we have the audacity to hold on to today is that we grieve with and we grieve with hope. None of us grieve alone, especially if you are part and blessed to be part of a community of faith. You know you've got pastors, you've got staff, you've got deacons, you've got Stephen ministers, you've got friends to community to, to grieve with you. But sometimes you don't have that. And I want, I want you to know that I think what the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage us to today is that even more importantly, at all times, God grieves with us. Even when you are alone and you're, you're laying your head on the pillow at night and you wish that something could come and take that away, God grieves with us. At Brian's memorial service this week, his wife spoke and she actually played a clip of a sermon that he had preached eight years ago about grief. And it was so provocative, I wanted to share what he said with you. He said, as we read through scriptures, God never seems to answer that question that everyone wants to ask, that I am so haunted by, why? Why do good people suffer? Why is there evil, cancer, pain? We're never given a full answer to that question. And if that frustrates you, you are not alone. That's the mystery. That's the tension of our faith. But here's what we do get, and I believe it is a far better answer to the question why. We ask God why, and God says back to us the answer, giving us a new word, with. I am with you in this storm, in your pain. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it turns out that this God in Jesus knows all about the storms. When God came to earth, he suffered on our behalf. He was beaten. He was tortured, he was mocked, and hanging on the cross, we hear him ask the question that so many of us have asked, why, God, have you forsaken me? The Son of God knows what it is like to ask why. Friends, we are in a relationship with a God who knows full well what grief is like and says, I am with you, I am grieving with you, and I have grieved in the way that you find unimaginable at this point. Grieve, grieve with, and then grieve with hope. We grieve with a certain anchor that's not ourselves, a certain firm foundation. Hear again what the Apostle Paul said. He said, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. Our hope as Christians is not in a good insurance policy. Our hope as Christians is not that we have good health today or that we'll have good health tomorrow. That is so fleeting. Our hope is never going to be grounded in anything of this world, including people. Our hope is grounded only in Jesus. My former pastor, Lane Alderman, used to talk about the ABCs of hope, and those have always been so comforting for me. Hope is the assurance of God's presence in our lives today based on the concrete evidence of the past 
that gives us confidence for the future. Hope comes from this assurance of God's presence in our lives. First of all, you have to look for it. God is so present in our lives. And it could be in something small that you think is just coincidence. It could be the text that you receive at just the right moment. It could be that, that someone shared a story with you and you realized oh, they've gone through it as well. It could be that you're out in nature and you see a cairn, you know, a set of rocks and, and it grounds you and you're reminded, oh my gosh, even here, God is with me. It could be in a story you hear. This week I heard about this amazing Christian church that peacefully abides two yards from an Islamic mosque. On the front of these two faith communities, the children gather together. This is in northern Gaza. This is a story of God being present in our lives. Be assured of it. God is present. Be assured, we have hope based on concrete evidence from the past. Jesus was a real human being. Jesus died a real death, and Jesus was resurrected from the dead. All of this is historically documented as fact by more than one person. The resurrection of Jesus is our hope that all of the pain and suffering, it never has the final word. It never wins. Because of our assurance of God's work today, based on concrete evidence of God's work in the past, we have confidence for the future. This hope is the anchor for our souls. It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with how much we can muster up, what level of faith we can have. Paul tells the church a charge at the end of this. He says, encourage one another with these words. May you be encouraged today, friends. Grieve with hope. May it be so in my life and in yours.